Hello guys, my name is Ian Farmer and I thank you for listening to the countdown once again. Uh, I'm in my car again. Uh, yeah, just busy, man. But you guys should know I'm still going to give you your content. This is in my behind, beside me can like quit. Got a lot of topics to talk about today. I'm telling you what. We got, uh, let me look here. I predicted that Gardner Minshew is going to go to the Eagles. Uh, Tyron Willie and Jake Paul happened last night. All my reactions and coverage going down on that. J.K. Dobbins was rolled out. I got the perfect plan for the Baltimore Ravens to secure the running back spot for the 2022 NFL season. But something that I'm kind of angry about, we're going to hop into it. Jake Paul versus Tyron Willie. Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley via a split decision. The fight went the distance last night. And yet people can still not still cannot give Jake Paul they still cannot give this man his respect. Yeah, I know Tyron Tyron is not a boxer. Tyron Woodley is a fighter. Tyron Woodley was Jake's toughest opponent yet. Guess what folks? Jake Paul won six of those rounds. Tyron Woodley won two rounds. One of them was dominant. It was round four. Give Jake Paul his respect. I don't think Jake Paul is going to beat Canelo. I don't think he probably wouldn't beat Connor. Nate Diaz would be a tough fight. But, guys, there's no reason why you can't wake up, why you couldn't have woke up this morning. It been like, Jake Paul won. Congratulations. But no, I mean, gosh, man, I'm telling you. Sports fans these days are so called. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're still not giving Jake Paul your respect, you have no respect for the sport of boxing, let alone sports. Um, I don't care if Jake Paul. I don't care what Jake Paul be. I don't care if Jake Paul knocked a rabbit out. I don't care if Jake Paul. I'm a boxer. I'm an amateur. I don't care if Jake Paul knocked me out. At least look the man in the eyes and be like, good job, congratulations. People can't even do that. Uh, I'm ready to see Jake Paul's next fight, which will more than likely be the rematch with Tyron Woodley, which Jake Paul will win again. Like he won last night at will. At will. Tyron won two rounds last night. One of them was a good. Round four. He looked like... He he hit Jake with a with a right, and it looked like Jake Paul could have been done. Um, the other round it was like round six or seven was like a laid back round. Jake already Jake had already knew that he was gonna win the fight. He was just you know not trying to risk anything. You know, you know boxing strategy of course. Oh, he's gonna win at will. Jake Paul knows Tyron Woodley like the back of his head now. Knows where to hit him. Knows how to hit him. Knows how to approach him. Uh, I think Jake Paul will knock Tyron Woodley out in the second fight. It really looked like Jake Paul might have was going to maybe knock Jake Paul out in the... uh, Or Jake was going to knock Tyron Woodley out in the sixth round. Which is what I predicted if the fight was eight rounds. Which it was. Good, uh, Good fight for both. Respect to both. Both had an amazing fight. Despite Tyron Willie only winning a couple rounds, he was there fighting every single round. Uh, 
didn't back down, didn't hesitate, knew how to fight. And, man, Jake Paul had only went two rounds before last night. I don't care who he fought. I don't, I, I don't care. I don't care who it is. I don't care who he fought. He went the distance. He didn't gas. He kept hitting. He didn't back down. Respect to Jake Paul. I am a sports fan, so I will give Jake Paul his respect. I I have respect for boxing, so I will give Jake Paul his respect. If you don't want to give Jake Paul respect, I guess you don't want to be, you don't want to have much respect for the sport of boxing. You don't want to, uh, don't love sports a whole lot. That's okay. Well, I don't know why you're listening if you don't, but I mean, I appreciate you on here. Uh, let's move on, man. Let's move on. Congratulations, Jake Paul. Congrats to Tyron Woodley. I predicted, you guys remember, I believe it was Friday or Thursday, I predicted, I said, I really think the Jaguars need defensive pieces. We saw what happened to Joe Burrow last season without an offensive line. Joe Burrow did not, uh, he got hurt in like week 13, you know. I knocked the Bengals for getting Jamar Chase, which by the way is not playing very good in preseason. Uh, You have to protect your quarterback. He can have all the weapons in the world. You could give Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Adams, but if they don't have an offensive line, at some point or another, they will get hurt. We've seen big guys like Cam Newton, who, you know, he's hard to injure. You know, huge, athletic, can run. Uh, Had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, and injuries literally dismantled his career. Uh... However, Gardner Minshew's market value, Gardner Minshew has about as much market value as a pig. I mean, let's just be honest. Not really a a whole lot of market value there. But yeah, Gardner Minshew does not have a very big market value. I'm assuming that's just, uh, the Jaguars got a sixth rounder for him. I'm assuming that's just all they could really get at the moment. But at least the Jaguars got rid of Gardner Minshew. And uh, I think Gardner Minshew has a chance at the Eagles job. Uh, if we look here. Uh, Gardner Minshew had 3.2 thousand, 3,200 yards his first season. and went down to 2,000 some yards uh, last season, he didn't play every single game. He only started eight games in his second season. But last season, Jalen Hurts also started four games and also threw four picks. So, you know, I think Michigan could definitely have a chance again um, for the Eagles' job. It's going to be a competition between him and uh, Jalen Hurts. We'll just have to wait and see. These cards are being so stupid, man. Being so stupid. But, yeah, even though the Jaguars didn't get any offensive line pieces, you know, what's Gardner Mystery's trade value? What's his market value? They probably couldn't get anything else for him. And, you know, you had had to get rid of Gardner Minshew. And that's what they had to do to, to get rid of him. And that's what they had to do. Let's move on. My favorite topic of the day. J.K. Dobbins, okay. J.K. Dobbins, the Ravens running back, was ruled out for the season. He uh, had a hyperextended uh, leg, which I was actually watching film on. Really, really, like, 
that would hurt that would hurt bad <laughs> that would hurt bad it's basically like when your knee like goes the other way basically goes backwards but okay I talked about how Trevor Lawrence needs offensive line pieces and they could not get that with Gardner Minshew also well, also Trevor Lawrence also has no running back now because Travis Anthony is also out for the season but I have a solution it will help both teams the Ravens and the Bengals yeah I just said the Bengals okay Let's look at the worst offensive lines in the NFL. The Panthers. Okay, first of all, the Ravens are going to want a running back to fill the running back spot this season. That, that's obvious. I shouldn't have to say that, but I'm just going to throw it out there. The Panthers have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. They're not going to give up Christian McCaffrey for, for some offensive line pieces. The Vikings. They're not giving up Dalvin Cook for offensive line pieces. The Raiders, as good as Josh Jacobs is, um, I think he's good enough to where the Raiders won't really need any offensive line pieces. We look at other offensive lines. The Giants, Saquon Barkley has been injured, but why are they going to give Saquon Barkley up for offensive line pieces? They don't even know if Daniel Jones is going to work. Uh, the Dolphins, I could see them giving up Michael Gaskin, but I think they finally found a wide uh, running back that could be better than Kenyon Drake. And I think they want to give him a chance. And the Steelers are the other, um, one of the six worst offensive lines. They have rookie Najee Harris, who is actually rumored he may actually win defensive or offensive rookie of the year. So they definitely don't want to give him up either. So the Bengals. Joe Burrow needs offensive line pieces, right? Joe Mixon only had three touchdowns last season, but I think he could work in the Ravens' system. I think he would be a good back. And even if J- and, and even if J.K. Dobbins uh, ends up being the move for them to go with, they'll at least have a running back this season to maybe even make a Super Bowl run, which I think they might be able to do this season. So, Joe Mixon gets traded the Ravens have one of the top 10, top 15 offensive lines in the NFL. The Ravens trade an offensive lineman, maybe two, get Joe Mixon. And that will fulfill the running back slot for the Ravens this season. I love it. I mean, I just got the Eagles right. I didn't get right. Um, I thought the Jaguars would get more out of it. But I did predict Gardner Mitchell to the Eagles. I feel even more confidently. I feel even more confident about this one. I definitely could see this happening. And I think it's the best chance if the Ravens do trade for a running back. I think Joe Mixon um, and the Bengals, I think that this is the best chance to happen. This trade proposal is the best, the most likely to happen. Oh, Patriots, Patriots, still not naming a quarterback. That's okay. They have not named their um, starting quarterback yet. I think it should be Cam Newton, okay? I think it should be Cam Newton. If Matt Jones doesn't start week one, okay, he's a rookie. He understands. He still has to find his place in the NFL. Cam Newton is 31 years old and has won an MVP, has led a team to the um, NFC Championship game, and has 
been arguably the best quarterback in the NFL at one time. Cam Newton is not in this league to be a backup quarterback. He wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And that means you need to start Cam week one, see what he can do. The Patriots defense have proved massively, arguably a top 10 defense in the NFL. Just wait and see what Cam Newton can do in the system. I think give Cam Newton about three to four weeks being the starter. That doesn't mean you can't play Matt Jones at all. You can still play Matt Jones. But just let Cam start, and if he doesn't play good by week three, week four, you can implement Matt Jones as a, as the starting quarterback for the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots got pieces on the offensive side too. They got a uh, new tight end. Uh, they traded for Sony. They traded Sony Michelle away, which I did not like, despite him taking a, a step back last season. You know, I mean, the Patriots. If Cam or Mac can really click, I mean, they could definitely be a playoff team. I've seen. Um, Analysts have the Patriots go about going about seven and ten, ten and seven, around ten and seven this season, making the playoffs, being uh, up there with the uh, Dolphins, competing for the second seed in the in their uh, division. We'll have to see what happens, but I think it should be Cam to start out. One last segment before we get on to my last but not least, which is my top ten defenses in the NFL. I've been waiting to do this for a long time. I have some friends, some buddies that's been wanting to hear my list. So I'm going to give that to you guys. But first, we're going to talk about Rajon Rondo. He is expected to sign a deal with the Lakers Tuesday, a $2.6 million deal on Tuesday. Um, You know, Dwight Howard went to the 76ers and came back to the Lakers. This is just a reoccurring effect. These old players don't know what to do at the end of their career. They go places for money, rack up money, come back to win a championship. The Lakers know they need all the help they can get, despite having a really good team. Rajon Rondo will not be a negative aspect. He was actually probably a top four, top five player on their on the Lakers' 2020 bubble championship team. So I like the addition of Rajon Rondo. However, I want players like Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo to finish off their career here. They don't need to bounce around anymore. Los Angeles is a nice place. Beautiful weather. Go to the beach on the weekends. Go to the beach in the offseason. Don't have to travel all the time. Uh, great fans. Great atmosphere. On a winning winning culture championship team. They should just finish off their career here. But that's really all I have to say on that. Ron, Rondo is expected to sign on Tuesday. Here we go. That's what I've been waiting for. Well, hopefully some of you all have been waiting for. My top 10 defenses in the NFL. Honorable mentions, I don't have them written down. The Colts, Vikings, uh, uh, boy, are they good defenses. Uh, Packers, those are three of my honorable mentions. Number 10, I didn't, I I was skeptical, I was skeptical about putting them on here, but I think New England is going to, Barely squeeze into my top 10 list. The Pats defense is led by Stephon Gilmore. I was skeptical of the defense, but they have Bill Belichick, the best coach of all time. We saw what they did last season against teams like the Chargers uh, without a very good offense or a decent defense last season. They beat a Chargers team 45 to nothing. That is because of the coaching of Bill Belichick. 
I love that I love the defense that's around Bill Belichick. They have uh, Deontay Hightower, who's still great, a decent, good linebacker. The Patriots were tied with the Dolphins and Steelers for the most interceptions last season, second in plays allowed, and first in pass attempts allowed. So basically, you're not going to get a whole lot of chances on the against this defense. You're not going to get a whole lot of, of attempts. They're going to minimize your attempts to a um, about as low as they can get them. So offenses, if you hear me, when you play the Patriots, take advantage of the opportunities that you have because you're not going to get very many of them. Number nine is the Miami Dolphins. I've, I love this Dolphins defense. I had no hesitation about putting them in here. I just didn't know if I was going to put them at 9 or 10. But I think they're better than the Patriots, mainly because of Xavier Howard. We all thought he was going to leave. He requested a trade. Xavier Howard is one of my favorite players in the league. He is so professional. He still showed up He still showed up to practice even when he was not happy with the team or the contract they were uh, going to give him. And he still showed up to practice one of the classiest players in the NFL. He has so much class. Uh, Miami was one of the teams tied for first in interceptions and first in touchdowns allowed last season, second in pass touchdowns allowed. So basically, you're not going to get a whole lot of... uh, You're going to struggle throwing the ball on this team. Most teams... Uh, especially if you're run-centric, stay run-centric because this team, obviously Xavier Howard had the most interceptions in the league last season, but this team will pick you off like it's nothing. Eight is the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Bosa coming back is the biggest thing for the 49ers, but they also have linebacker Fred Warner, who's also arguably a top 10 player in the NFL. Uh... Nick Bosa's rookie season, he helped the 49ers, actually led the 49ers defense to the Super Bowl, had a decent um, showing. Uh, The 49ers are this low. Like, their Super Bowl season in 2019, they would have been top five easily. Uh, Their secondary definitely has some issues. Their star corner, if he gets hurt, which is a possibility, could really mess up their, you know, everything they got going on. But the 49ers defense looks promising. And uh, they bring back 19 of 22 starters, so I don't really see, outside of injuries, why they wouldn't be a top 10 defense in the NFL. Number seven is the Cleveland Browns. Okay, kind of, some may think I have them low. I think I may have them a little bit high. The Browns recently added Jadavian Clowney this offseason, and they obviously have star Miles Garrett, who's a top three, top five defensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, the, Brian, the Browns also drafted a nice linebacker, Jeremiah Osu-Karamoa. I hope I pronounced that right. In the draft, um, I kind of liked him um, when all the mock drafts and all the draft speculation was going on earlier this year. Uh, so I definitely can't wait to see what the Browns do. Obviously, we saw how good of a team they really were last season. Baker Mayfield on the offense. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, Odell and Jarvis Landry on the offense. So... Ready to see what the defense does this season. And y'all with me on that? Number six is the Denver Broncos. Okay, they didn't have the greatest defense last season. They definitely didn't have the greatest team last season. Outside of Jerry Judy, their offense was pretty bad. But 
the Broncos arguably have the best secondary in the National Football League. Let's all come to terms with that. Uh, led by Justin Simmons and Kyle, Kyle, Kyler Fuller. And guys, if things couldn't have got better, they added Patrick Sertan, the corner out of Alabama, uh, one of the top uh, defensive players in the uh, draft this season. The Broncos were second in pass touchdowns allowed last season. The Broncos were also first in red zone touchdown percentage. So, another team. The Dolphins are like, not the off-brand version of the Broncos. The Broncos are like Walmart. And the Dolphins are like Target. Target's good. Has a, Target has a food court, you know. Got some decent clothes, you know. Got some decent products. But they're not Walmart. That's that secondary of the Broncos. Five is bought the Baltimore Ravens, okay. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters run this defense. The Ravens have built a surprise top five defense. And Baltimore is hands down the most aggressive defense in the NFL. Without a doubt. Let me give you a stat. Baltimore blitz on 44.1% of their plays last season. The Ravens were second in points allowed and second in touchdowns allowed. Also, we all we all saw what that defense did to Derrick Henry last season in the wild card round of the playoffs. Absolute shutdown of Derrick Henry. No question about it. Ravens at five. Number four, I know, I know. Washington football team. With Chase Young arriving in Washington last season, Washington's defense emerges one as a top five defense in the NFL, holding the top spot in attempts allowed in the red zone and red zone touchdowns. Washington was clearly the best red zone defense in the NFL last season. Um, Nothing really to say about Washington. I like Washington's defense. I like everything about Washington other than their quarterback position. Uh, I think on the offensive side, which is irrelevant to this, I think they have a good running back and a decent receiving core. Uh, I just don't think they're as good as the uh, teams ahead. That's really all I have to say about Washington, guys. I'm going to be honest. Best red zone defense in the NFL. If you get to the 30 to 20 yard line on the other side of the field, Washington is the last defense you want to go up against. Number three is Pittsburgh. Uh, The Steelers D told the world last season who they were. The Steelers defense told the entire NFL community, said, hey, we're a top defense. Leading the league in sacks, interceptions, and second in turnovers last season. They have the best defensive line in the NFL and have star TJ Watt to run that defense. Who's arguably a top 10 player in the NFL. Uh, the Steelers, they, uh, I'm not big on the Steelers. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, which I actually think they're one of the only teams on this list that probably won't make the playoff. I mean, it's, you know, you never know, I don't guess. But Pittsburgh definitely showed who they were last season. They didn't have a whole lot of competition. The 10-0 was a fluke. It was. I'm sorry. But the defense is very good. Defense is very good. Top three, no question. 
you could put Washington above them, but I don't think you could put the uh, Baltimore or like a Denver above Pittsburgh. So I have Pittsburgh at three. Two is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay brought everybody back, every single player, coaching staff, the water boy. I'm assuming they brought everybody back last season from their Super Bowl victory. Critics hate on the Buccaneers secondary, but the Buccaneers secondary is young and hungry. Uh, I have no doubts about the Buccaneers secondary. They led the league in rush yards allowed and rush attempts allowed last season. Rush touchdowns. The Buccaneers are hands down the best rush defense in the NFL. If I have, if I am a run centric team, if I am a run dominant offense, if I'm running a run dominant offense, the Buccaneers are the last team I want to have on the other side of the ball. We saw what they did to the Chiefs last season. A lot of that was the Chiefs offensive line. But don't get it twisted. The Buccaneers' defense is going to be just as good last year, this season as they were last season, if not better. Number one, the Los Angeles Rams. Make no question about it. The Rams have two of the top five defensive players in the league. Aaron Donald is sensational, arguably the best player in the National Football League. Best defensive lineman in the league, no question. And Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion, is still the best cornerback in the NFL. Rams D wasn't as good until Jalen Ramsey got there. Jalen Ramsey took the Rams defense to the next level. They were already sensational with Aaron Donald. Upped it to the next level. Also, they played very, the defense played pretty well against the Packers and the Seahawks last season. Packers did put about 31 points on them, but I think overall they actually played played pretty good last season in the playoffs. They led the league last season in points allowed, passing yards allowed, overall yards allowed, and overall touchdowns allowed. You notice how every team on here has something different about them. The Buccaneers, best run defense. Uh, The Steelers led the league in sacks and interceptions. Washington is the best red zone defense. Uh... The Ravens are the most aggressive defense. The Broncos have the best secondary in the NFL. The uh, The Browns, nothing really significant about them, but they do have Miles Garrett. Uh, the 49ers, they, um, the last time they were fully healthy, they went to the Super Bowl. The Dolphins uh, have Xavier Howard. The Patriots have the best, arguably, not arguably, they had the best coach on this list. You want to know what's significant about the Rams? They're the, they lead points allowed. No, no, no. They don't lead the league in rushing points allowed or rushing touchdowns allowed or passing yards allowed. Overall, everything put together. Zero to 100. They lead it. Over, not not passing touchdowns allowed, not rushing touchdowns allowed. No, no, no. Overall yards, overall touchdowns and yards allowed. Everything. The Rams have my top defensive spot in the NFL. I thank you guys for listening. Uh, doing this in my car. Um, I I know the audio sucks, guys. But if you all can hear me, at the end of the day, to me that is all that matters. I love you guys. And I definitely appreciate y'all for, appreciate you guys listening. 
And I'll see you tomorrow where the Panthers and Hornets podcast will debut. We got to talk about some trades that went down with the Panthers, my favorite team. Uh, the Hornets, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, I may, may talk about Lanzlo Ball a little bit. Uh, maybe some rookies. But uh, LaMelo season two. But anyways, love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.